most of you know, I think most of you know that I used to work at a shoe store while I was in college. Most of you? Doesn't matter, I guess. I did. Um, For a portion of the time, I sold almost exclusively work boots, though. This was up in central Wisconsin. I used to sell exclusively work boots to uh, to both farmers and factory workers. We had a a couple of paper mills in the region, and we had a lot of potato farming around the region. So, you know, we got farmers and factory workers. And selling work boots was really very different than selling dress shoes. Eventually, I... You know, moved up to selling dress shoes, I guess, moved across the street. But it was very different selling a work boot from selling a dress shoe, as you can imagine. There comes a point in, in the selling of work boots, there's this point that a customer crosses, I think, with a, a particular model of boot. You know, when the, the customer who's buying it, kind of like it's a tool, you know, kind of says, yep, this is the one. All of the, all of the elements that they need in a work boot, you know, all of the attributes that the person needs in the boot, uh, they find in one particular boot, and the customer thinks at one point, well, this is the one I'm going to buy, and then it's just a matter of, well, seeing if they actually want to pay the money for it, I guess, really. Well, it's like that with a lot of purchases, though, isn't it? It's like that with a lot of decisions we make. There comes a point, kind of a tipping point, uh, comes a point when you hear or you see all the facts, and you suddenly realize, ah, this is... This is the one I'm looking for. This is it. Have you had that experience? Good, okay. I was hoping I wasn't just alone with that. Um, Well, I think perhaps we receive something like that kind of aha moment. That sudden moment in, in the readings for this Sunday. For Passion Sunday, the fifth Sunday of Lent. Uh, And it's fitting, this is fitting, for we saw how last Sunday and this Sunday are both supposed to work together, and they're going to be working with next Sunday as well, but they work together to teach us about what is so very special about the end of the Lenten journey. And if last week we learned something about the, the spiritual banquet, if you recall, the spiritual banquet that's laid up for us in the kingdom, well, this week we get our first glimpse at whose banquet it is, and whose kingdom it is. Because we get the first glimpse today at the identity of the king, and why it is that he's amongst us. You know, in the epistle to the Hebrews that we heard, Jeremy read, the epistle to the Hebrews, we heard about the the, the bypassing of what was old, right? You know, that is, the, the blood of the new sacrifice goes well beyond the blood of the old sacrifice. And with all that talk about blood and altars and sacrifices, and here on Passion Sunday, we've got ox blood frontal on the altar, and it sitting there, it, 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 wow, it just it hit me. <laughs> I had already written about there being an aha moment, but I didn't realize that I'd be receiving it once again. It's exactly what we're talking about. It's not just symbolism. It actually leads us toward diving into this epistle and into the rest of the readings. We heard it in the Old Testament. We heard it in the epistle. We heard that, as I said, the the blood of the new sacrifice goes well beyond the blood of the old sacrifice, doesn't it? The new high priest doing what the old priesthood did not do, could not do. And both of those, sacrifice and priest, being rolled together into one in the person of Jesus Christ. Look at what the epistle reading is saying. Take it home tonight. Read through that again. See what it's saying. There was the old priesthood the Jewish priesthood that would go into the temple in Jerusalem and and offer blood sacrifices at the altar on behalf of their people's sins as well as the sins of the the priests themselves. And as the old priesthood, 
would perform this ritual action of, of sprinkling the altar and sprinkling the unclean with the blood of goats and the blood of calves. But we're going to see in just under two weeks' time something new, once again. Completely new. In two weeks' time we're going to be seeing the sprinkling of the blood of the perfect sacrifice. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And see His blood poured out for us. And this would be a perfection for those in the Jewish world, of course, hearing this. You know, he is the one who has done what no animal sacrifice could ever accomplish. No number of goats and, and, and bulls or oxen, anything, nothing, nothing could ever do what he did. No amount of blood sacrifices could ever match that blood sacrifice. That now our, our consciences, as the, the writer says, that our consciences might be purged from dead works and be made able to serve the living God. That we're actually given life through that. That that sacrifice actually gives us life. And that, as the writer to the Hebrews says, by death, Jesus Christ is now putting away the transgressions of the Old Testament. Putting them away. And that in this person of Jesus Christ, we are now able to receive the promise of inheritance. Something big that's going to continue beyond just once a year sprinkling an altar with blood. But an, an eternal inheritance. Now, to put even more power onto something as powerful as that. If that was not good enough. Remember the old commercials? But wait, there's more. You don't just get two sets of Ginsu's. We're going to give you some pairing knives too. No, as if what we hear in the epistle isn't powerful enough. Well, we hear the gospel you know, written in the 8th chapter of St. John. And we hear Jesus speaking to a group of Jews in the temple precincts. And the Jews are trying to figure out exactly who this Jesus character is. Some say that he's a a Samaritan, some suggest. And some also suggest that he's possessed by a demon because of all these things he's saying. And Jesus responds that if, if someone keeps his sayings, they're not going to taste death. Keep my sayings, you won't see death. Well, well, the Jews say, you've got to be possessed. Where do you get off saying that? And he says, the Jews say, well, look, Abraham, the prophets, they're all dead. Hello, they're dead. And then Jesus tells them, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, he says, to see the day of Jesus. Which causes the Jews to point out, you would think very, very obviously, that Jesus isn't, he's not 50 years old yet. You're not nearly old enough to have seen Abraham, not nearly old enough for Abraham to have seen you, And Jesus just responds, Before Abraham was, I am. That's enough for the Jews to want to stone him to death. In fact, as we heard, they take up stones. They take up stones, but Jesus leaves and he hides himself in the temple precincts. It wasn't yet time for him to be put to death. But that claim, what does he say? I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And this is the eternal name of God, you know. It's the unutterable and holy name uh, that presumably he utters in their midst, claiming to be God. That's blasphemy. Blasphemy, as far as the Jews are concerned, he's claiming this for himself. But as we know, the one saying this is speaking truth. 
And indeed, as he is the one who is, he also was co-eternal with the Father, co-eternal with the Father before time and forever. He was indeed there with Abraham. He was indeed before Abraham was. Now, perhaps we could almost take this, we could almost take this as the completion of our journey. Almost. And yet it leaves us, it leaves us just on, on, on the threshold. We're just, just about to tip into it. We're just on the threshold of our arrival at Holy Pascha. We're just on the threshold of Easter with this. Or on the threshold of the Passion anyway. This is Passion Sunday. But this Sunday seeks to raise our minds now to that threshold. Raise it from the, the examination of the nature of sin up to the sacrifice that redeemed us from sin. And with this, all of the groundwork is now laid. All the groundwork is now laid for next weekend. All of it is now laid for the beginning of Holy Week. And all that we're going to see beginning. We've had a glimpse of the reality of the kingdom. We've had a glimpse of the work that Jesus will carry out in his passion. And then we've had revealed to us who Jesus is. His identity. And why it is that his passion is going to be such a monumental event. This is the king of heaven and earth. The timeless one. And next week, next week, when we welcome him into Jerusalem as the king and as the Messiah, and then we see him betrayed unto death, betrayed even by our own cries, saying, crucify him. Well, we'll see the dominoes that have been so neatly lined up then begin to tip. And the path to the cross, that path to the cross will move along without stopping. Once it's set into motion, the dominoes start falling. And it moves along ever so steadily, ever so quickly, with ever such concentration to the cross. But we know that the path that leads to the cross is indeed the same cross that leads to the tomb And that's the same path that leads to the resurrection. For if we die with him, so shall we be raised with him. Even Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who with the Father, in the unity of the Holy and life-giving Spirit, lives and reigns ever one God, world without end. Amen.